Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, it's my pleasure and thrill uh, and excitement to introduce Shekinah Glory to you. Come on up, team. Praise the Lord. Ray's already up here behind me. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. She's just conserving her energy. She's just conserving her energy. She doesn't want to spend any extra energy. She wants to have it all to preach, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, there you go. Praise the Lord. Heralding from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Glory to God. By way of the throne of grace where we all are this morning. Glory to God. It's good to have these folks with us today. Shekinah glory. Ray and Cindy Toucher. Almost said Ray and Cindy Duvall. (laughs) Ray and Lois Toucher. Cindy Duvall. Glory to God. We love these three people. We love their anointing and their ministry. Been dear friends to not only to my wife and I and our family, but to this church for almost 40 years. And so uh, we're glad to have you today. I want you to take your liberty and just enjoy enjoy Jesus and his presence today. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't you give him a good round of applause. Praise the Lord. Save it for Jesus. We're not that hot. Just thank God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he is our help? Psalms 46 says that he is a refuge, a very present help in time of need. Aren't you glad? You know, I I was thinking, uh, you know, the the presence of God. You know, the person I talk to most is, is God. And we're not ordinary people. We have a divine ordained life everywhere we go. It's destiny, either for me or for somebody else. And that's what this day is for you. Yes, it is. And me. And anything can happen with believers anywhere and all my life I've always thought I want to stir something up we don't need to act like that he's not real and sometimes I would stir too much and I know I was blamed for being a little over the top you got zeal without knowledge well some people got knowledge without zeal you know we need both, right? It took me a little longer than pastor, even when I rededicated my life. It took me about 10 years to really get free. I, I don't know why. But the Holy Spirit is my best friend. And moving, when he moves, and, and the special service like this is, any time a service is special to me, that's my problem. <laughs> they should all go on till 10, 10 at night, you know. But it's about, it's about your future. Yes, 
And it's about your hope. It's never just about one thing. It's about the Holy Spirit moving and changing and working and all kinds of healing. He, 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 gave, he said, I've got the greatest news in the world, the angel said. Don't be afraid. There's a Savior. Man, that ought to be around the world on neons. And we get saved and we become savers. We get healed and we become healers. The work of Christ now is our work. We are lifted and we become lifters. We're givers and we become givers. He's, he's, he, 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 he helps us. With, he blesses us and we become blessers. He prayed and we become prayers. Everywhere we go. Anywhere we go. What's that song? Um, it shall flow like a river. Oh, it's the right. It shall flow. That's your, that's your key. Uh, it, shall, it, it shall flow. It shall flow like a river. Can you find it, Roman Catholic? It shall flow like the rain. It shall rise. As the dawning of glory over the land And the knowledge of the Lord Shall fill up the earth I can't do this one And the Spirit of the Lord Spirit of the Lord Shall be seen That's our goal that's our goal in life. If you have another goal, then you've missed it. The glory's here. His presence is here. His presence is always on. I sense his presence all the time, no matter where I go. It shall rise as the dawning of glory over each land. the believers. Hallelujah. How many times have I walked back and forth on many a platform, many a church, in fact, every single church crying, wake up! Wake up the believers in the rice paddies of Vietnam, in the streets of Paris, everywhere all over the world where there are believers, oh God, wake them up! We're not perfect. In fact, I'm probably the least qualified person as far as sin goes to be up here on this platform. But oh my Jesus, he presents me to the Father and says, I've made her righteous. Lord, look what I've done with her. Sometimes I say the wrong thing. Sometimes I do the wrong thing. I still say the wrong thing. I walk away from somebody and I think, what are you nuts? 
I know nobody else feels has ever done that. But he makes everything perfect. <laughs> you say, I can't go to that church. It's not perfect. Well, if they let you come, it won't be anywhere you go. Hallelujah. But, but I'm telling you. And he wants you. He wants he you. He wants you. He needs you. I'll guarantee you. We he's must. called you. We're different now and we must regardless of what anybody or what your little mind says to you. Forget it. These, these services Sorry. are about getting back up, looking up. I mean, it's about going up. It's about being stirred up. Oh, I'm telling you, if you're here today and for some reason something's happened in your life and something caused you to give up, these services are for you. Because I'm telling you, God has a plan that cannot be stopped. He is your help. He is your present help. Oh, glory to God. In 2 Chronicles 20, when they were surrounded and they didn't know what to do, the Bible says that they were trying to throw them out of the place that God has given them. Oh, anybody? Is that hurt? Familiar? You know, it, how many of you ever heard the scripture, uh, people quote the scripture, be still and know that I'm God. And they, you, they try to quote that for silent word or, you know, quiet worship. Like everybody you tells know, me, be you still. You know, like everybody just settle down, be still and know. Do you know that's not even. I know he's God. Do you know that's not even written to you? Did you know it is written to the enemy that's trying to destroy and keep you troubled and trying to keep you from knowing and understanding the greatness of your the almighty God? That's not written to you. It's written to the enemy of your soul. And God says, be still. Shut up. Arrest. Stop in your maneuvers. Know that I am God. I will be established. He said, I am an ever-present help. He said, I'm not running from you. I'm running to you. And when the Bible in 2 Chronicles, they were surrounded and they didn't know what to do. The Bible says they set their eyes on God because he knows what you don't know. And when you set your eyes on him, it causes you to be lifted to where he is. And they began to sing this uh, this song. is uh, The song they sang, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And in the very same spot where the enemy planned their destruction. Anybody think somebody's trying to plan your destruction today? Well, it's nothing new. But God in heaven says, be still and know I am God. And the Bible says that as they began to glorify and magnify God, you can sit down if you need to, want to, Roll or would over. rather. He Run. said at the very moment Shimmy. when Fall they began to magnify. Now, if you're waiting for something to happen, listen, we're ready. not here trying to get something to happen. We're here because it's already happened. And we know it. And we're here to let it be known. And the Bible says the moment they began to sing, it didn't end. It wasn't when they were finished singing. The moment they started, God set ambushments against their enemy. And in the very same spot where the enemy planned their destruction, they had a three-day haul of victory. And I'm here to tell you that this is a spot 
You know, it's like that boy who wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went to his friend and said, do you know anybody who can pray for me? And he said, I sure do. He said, I got to know somebody, every person they pray for, they always get filled every time. He said, well, would they pray for me? Yeah. He said, come on. And so he took him to meet his friend. He said, sure, I'll pray for you. He said, but I have this spot that I like to pray for people. He said, no problem. Would you take me to that spot? He said, I sure will. Come on. And they started walking and they walked and they walked for a while. And after a while, the guy looked at him and he said, well, where is this spot? He said, oh, it's just a little further. And they kept walking and they kept walking. And again, he asked him, are we getting close? He said, yeah, it's not far now. And they went a little further and a little further and a little further. Finally, that guy looked at him and he said, listen, I can't go no further. If I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to get filled right here, right now. And the guy looked at him. He said, that's the spot. Woo, I feel like I hit the spot. I feel like I'm in the spot. Oh, this is the place. I'm here to tell you, you set your eyes on God. You set your eyes on the Almighty One. And that which surrounds you, oh, is no problem for Him. Glory to God. You can be seated. It's such a good day. Oh, glory So don't sit back. And wonder, is it really true? Oh, but listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Because it's for you. And he will cause you to be strengthened where you think you are so weak. He will cause you to rise up and stand. He will cause you to be able to go where you thought There was nothing for you. He will cause you to be the one that says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, it's true. And as you say and do what God will help you to do, a door will be open that will bring a harvest. Almighty indeed, a harvest that is greater. For the Spirit of God is at work in this hour to bring great, great and mighty restoration to those who believe. So enter in by faith. Maybe you just got here. But if you say yes, the Lord will help you to move up in what you did not even know was there. Hallelujah. 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 So don't be moved by so many natural things. For kebo urasomanke de elomo ongomba galangende se elamane se. Oh, for there is a place a kebo ongomba ge oroso galafu kisho sete. So don't be moved by the natural things, for it's a work of the Spirit. He has begun it, 
and he will bring it to the end until it is complete. He will do what you think is impossible to do. He will do, he will take the ordinary and do something extraordinary. Oh yes, he will. For the power of God is at work in this hour to silence the enemy. And he will not stand back. There is no defeat. For victory is yours. He is your risen Lord today. Oh, it's a time to be strengthened. It's a time to obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit. Now, we're here for three days, three services. Sorry, not three days. Maybe I'm not prophesying. <laughs> and uh, I'm here for three weeks. Wouldn't that be fun? I'm wouldn't looking that be fun? For the church, we have to call the next church and say, we can't come. <laughs> I don't think North Dakota would like that. No, they wouldn't. This, we they, could come there and then zip right back. Yeah, we could do. Praise the Lord. Nothing like inviting yourself back, right? No, I'm not, I'm not saying it would have to be the Holy Spirit. That's right. Because it's the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's the Spirit. Take everything away from me, but do not take my Holy yes. Spirit. You can't. You can't. Praise the Lord. What I was going to say is this morning... You know, we want, we don't, we could stay here all day. Some of y'all bring might. in some chicken and pizzas, but we want to be able to come back tonight at is it six or seven? Six thirty. Okay, between six and seven, I was close. But I was reading this book recently. Uh, it's by Corey Ten Boom. It's called Marching Orders for the End Battle. How many of you know who Corey Ten Boom was? Wonderful. She, her family, hid Jews during the uh, Holocaust, and uh, her family was betrayed by someone who said they needed help, and so she was giving them all the money she could get to try to help, and it was a betrayal, and because of that betrayal, her and her sister ended up in a concentration camp where her sister died, her father died, her, her brother, his son died. Uh, all of this tragedy came to her family while she was doing Nothing but just trying to be helpful to the people that were being killed and murdered um, at that time. The Christians, the Jews, and they were Christians and the Jews were being murdered that time. And uh, it was a betrayal, terrible thing. How do you get over something like that? Oh, but the glory is here. Just reach out and reach out. Hallelujah. How do you get over something like that? Something happens that's so unjust and so terrible. And really, her sister would tell her all the time, no hate, Corey, no hate. And she said, honestly, I didn't have the love for my enemy, but God gave me his love. And she said in the last battle, one of the things she said was in the last battle, the love of God will be a powerful weapon because of the the destruction and because of the work of the enemy, bitterness and division will be great, but the love of God will be greater. She talked about that a lot. Now, this was written in the late, 
last, I think, 1969, but you would think it had been written today. But she came out of that horrible situation. She made the statement. She said, I had to learn not to live out of the past, but to be obedient to the vocation I had to fulfill now. Wonderful. I'm telling you, that'll save you hours of therapy. The world tries to help people through the difficulties that there is no answer for without the redeeming plan of God. But we have the answer. And I pray this morning that you'll see and understand that clearer so that whatever the devil's done in your life will no longer, you will no longer be a product of that. Everything you say and do will not be because of what the devil's done, but because of what God has done. And isn't that what Christianity is all about? I am no longer, my actions, my words, and my deeds are, deeds are not a product of sin and death. They are the product of the work of God on the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I love this. She says, will God be defeated? No. He said, after a, period, after a period of darkness, his trumpet will sound, his son Jesus Christ will come. It will be clearly manifested that the gospel indeed is brought to all na nations. What's the command? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Oh. All nations. She said, atheism is expanding. The kingdom of God is going on quietly. You know, it's like I think this morning, I don't know what the devil's plotting. I don't know what the nations are trying to do, what in the political realm they're trying to do to silence the voice of Jesus on this earth today. I don't know what they're trying to do, but whatever it is, the kingdom of God is going on. We're here in this church this morning because what God is doing will continue to move past anything the enemy is trying to accomplish. And she goes on and she says, now it is either... Or Christ or Antichrist. Nobody can serve two masters, either the one or the other. That's right. The divisions are becoming clear cut. You would have think she wrote this two months ago, huh? She said, we have this great comfort that God has shown us that he has a plan for this world. Listen to this because this was not written by somebody who just retired and paid off their Toyota. This was written by somebody who endured great affliction and trouble and came out totally free. She said, we have this great comfort that God has shown us that he has a plan for this world. Listen to this. He has no problems, only plans. That is why there is never a panic in heaven. <laughs> God has no problems, only plans. God has a plan for this hour. Do you believe that? His plan is greater than the enemy's work. He's, now listen, can you, she said, God has shown us we have this great comfort. All this stuff is going on, but we have this great comfort. God has shown us he has a plan. He has no problems, only plans. That is why there is no panic in heaven. Anytime you hear the word panic today, 
You mark it down. It's somebody or something trying to get you to be a part of something other than God's plan. Because God has no problems, only plans, and he is not panicking because he has a plan. And I love the the word of God. Oh, here, I want to read you a couple things. I was so stirred. I, I just, I just... I believe that the Holy Spirit will help because uh, he wants you to, he doesn't want you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. I heard this story that Oral Roberts told about a man who, a mountain climber who got caught in a storm and he had scaled the side of a mountain endeavoring to reach the top. But the conditions got so bad he was forced to find refuge in a crevice. After he crawled inside the crevice, he used his tent as a cover from the cold wind and the snow. As the man was telling this story to uh, Oral Roberts, he interrupted him and he told him how uncomfortable he must have been. The mountain climber answered him and he said, it wasn't a question of my comfort, but whether or not I would still be there in the morning. Now, he was surviving. But once you say, why do you survive? Because you know, I want to be there when the storm is over. And when you survive the storm, brother, you learn how to thrive in that victory. That you learn that you can endure past what looks like you could never make it through. And then you come on out and you leave the door open. Because once one man finds the way, there's a stream that'll follow. And that's what the devil's hoping will never happen with you. That's what he's hoping. Uh, Jesus, uh, well, let me see here. How far should I go here? Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I love this scripture. You know, Hebrews 11 is all about how by faith uh, Noah built a boat in the middle of dry ground. By faith, uh, you know, um, uh, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the king. Oh, where he ran from him one time, now he's coming face to face with him. You say, why is that? Because God has a plan. No problems, only plans. That's why he's not panicking. Through faith, we understand the worlds. That word for worlds, you know, the uh, um, uh, Amplified Bible says, uh, through faith, we, by faith, we understand that the worlds during successive, the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. We said the worlds during successive ages. So, you know, uh, Abraham lived during one time or one age. Moses lived at a different age. Noah lived at a different age. Uh, uh, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Abraham lived at a different age. They all lived during different times or ages. But by faith, we understand that different ages, different time periods are, he says, are framed or the word for framed, he says in the Amplified Bible, I like it, just amp, that's the women's Bible, you know, more words. Women do really speak more words than men. I have to look at Ray sometimes and say, what you thinking? Anybody else have that? Hey, what you thinking? Oh, nothing. Just, I said, are you just sitting there? He said, yeah, I'm just sitting here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, yeah. 
by faith. What, what I tell her is I'm collecting my thoughts. I'm collecting my thoughts. Okay. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Uh, the word for frame means put in order and equipped for their intended purpose. Don't you like that? You think things are functioning the way God intended them to today? No, but we're here according to the plan of God. Woo, hot dog, brother. By faith, we understand that different times, different place, different ages, uh, successive periods of time were repaired, one translation says, remade, restored. I think the Strong's Concordance says, repaired, restored, remade, equipped for their intended purpose uh, by uh, the word of God. So what happened is men and women during different times found out what God's plan was during that time. And when they found out what God's plan was, it changed their time. Woo, hot dog, brother. And so God has a plan. Now listen to these, these scriptures that help you to understand. Oh, I'll give them to you tonight. I don't have, well, no, I'll give you this one right now. Uh, in, in, in Romans 10, well, we know from Romans 2, uh, Acts 2, he says, In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. That's because they sleep more and it just keeps going. And it talks about signs and wonders in the earth. And it talks about all kinds of things happening before the day of the Lord. And then it says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's plan for this time. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Well, then he gets over in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, and he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then he goes in and he says, but how then shall they call upon him of whom they have not uh, believed? So they're not calling because they don't believe. Why don't they believe? Because they have not heard, he says. And how come they haven't heard? Because they haven't, nobody's told them. And why hasn't anybody told them? He says, and how will they tell them or preach? That's, he's not talking about pulpit ministry. He's talking about proclaiming the gospel. He says, how will they tell them unless they are sent? Unless they are sent. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says in John chapter 9, verse 4 about Jesus, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. The message Bible says we need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. We must, he said, I must work the ones of him who sent me. Did you know Jesus was sent by God? Do you know why? Because God had a plan. No problems, only plans. No panic, because he has a plan. Jesus was sent according to the plan of God. But let me keep reading to you here. Uh, the word, when he says, I must work the works of him who sent me, the word must means it is not a light matter. It's not something that's just a, uh, you know, uh, a light thing. Uh, it's urgent. It's strongly felt. It leaves no option. It's essential. It's compulsory. It must have been the way Noah felt when he was building the boat. 
I got to do this. Whatever it takes. Like that mountain climber, when he was on the side of the mountain, it wasn't about comfort. It was about being there when the storm was over. I got to get through this. I have to get through this. There's no option. Whatever it takes. That's what Noah thought. I got to do this. Made fun of, laughed at. He was probably, I don't know, he had thoughts about all kinds of things. But he did it. You want to know why he did it? Because it was the plan of God. And Jesus came according to God's plan. We must work the works of him who sent me. This is Rick Renner's paraphrase of that uh, scripture. He says, for me, there is no option. For what is before me is certainly compulsory. I was sent specifically for this mission and this moment. And I will answer to the one who sent me regarding how I carry out this assignment. Therefore, I must give myself completely to the task before me and do it enthusiastically and passionately. There was a sense that there was a time limit on his ability to fulfill what God had sent him to do. And let me tell you something. You will never run out of God's mercy, but you will run out of time. It doesn't make you shout, but I hope it makes you think. Do you hear me? You'll never run out of God's mercy, but you will run out of time. And the devil's hoping you'll wait long enough that you'll die with regret. But when you give yourself to the plan of God, I'll guarantee you one thing you will not have when you take your last breath is regret. Whatever it costs you to obey God, remember it'll cost you more not to. Praise the Lord. Jesus knew he had a limited opportunity and he knew that it was something that must be done. Uh, what did he say? In uh, uh, so, so I'm reading this and I was, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the, what Jesus said uh, as, as the father. Oh, wait, wait, wait I want to get down here. I, I, I want to give you this verse. Where did it go? Oh, that's such a good verse. John 9, I, I, I put in John 9 three times and I didn't put in John 20. What did Jesus say in John chapter 20? Let me get over here. I think I got it over here. I know I got it in here. Praise the Lord. If it's not in here anymore, we all need to go home. I got my Bible. Actually, it helps me. I don't know about you, but I study better out of this than I do. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them, peace. To you, this was after he'd risen from the dead. And then he said this in John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. How? How will they call on him of whom they have not believed? How will they believe if they uh, don't hear? How will they hear if somebody doesn't tell them? How will they tell them unless they are sent? Oh, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. In other words, the work of Jesus is now the work of you. Woo! And you want you 
you say, how do you know that? Well, I read this, I read this scripture. This will help you. What does he say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21? He says, therefore, if any person, I'm reading it to you out of the Amplified Bible, is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come, but all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into him, harmony with himself. That's all good, but if that's, if, if that's the only part of this scripture that you know, you have missed the plan of God. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. If that's the only part of it you know, you miss the plan of God. Because he says this, he's brought us into favor with himself and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling, restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them out. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. So we are Christ ambassadors. God making his appeal as it were through us. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered and be reconciled to God. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Come on, if you tell them, if they hear it, they can believe it. And if they believe it, they can call on the name of the Lord. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has a plan. No problems, only plans. That is why there is no panic in heaven. I want to read you this. This is from... Uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon, he wrote on, uh, he was talking about when they went into the church in Thessalonica and the devil tried to hinder them. He said, Satan hindered us. Uh, you know, the, he, in other words, he tried to stop it. He tried to quit it, uh, keep it from happening. He tried to get them to give up on it. But something in Paul and Silas, they knew. You remember on the, uh, when they were put into prison in Philippi, that was right before they were getting ready to go into Thessalonica. They're going through Philippi on their way, Macedonia, Thessalonica. And it says, and they were put into prison. Remember that story? I love the part where he says, you know, at midnight they began to sing psalms, uh, prayers, and sing, sing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and all the chains fell off. And the prisoners' doors were open. You remember the story? All the chains, all the doors are open. Well, the Bible says the jailer thought, I mean, what would you think if you're a prisoner and, and you're in jail and your chains fall off and the doors open? What are you going to do next? I'm out of there. 
The jailer thought the same thing. The Bible says in Acts 16, he supposed they were all gone. But Paul said this, do yourself no harm. We are all here. Now listen, it might have been something if Paul and Silas had still been there. But see, this message of reconciliation, God has sent you not just to save your life, but to bring a message of hope to all who hear you. All the prisoners heard them, and guess what? All the prisoners were still there. You think, what happened in that jail cell? that was so much greater than any freedom or liberty they had ever experienced outside of that that cell. What was it that so impacted their lives that they said, we're not leaving here. We want this. What's here? We can't get anywhere else. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was two men who knew they had been sent by God and the very same God who sent them brought saving power not just to Paul and Silas but to all who heard and you remember the story when Paul said we're all still here feel like telling you this morning high springs you want to know what's happening today we're all still here because there is a cry that we know that we are here to answer and God's plan will prevail. Woo, glory to God. So then Charles Spurgeon is talking about how they were hindered in this endeavor and this was one of the things that was uh, that he tried to do. Real quick here, I'll just read this. When he was writing his Sunday morning sermon uh, on October 29th, 1865, it's interesting, just uh, about a few years before that, his whole, uh, in uh, October 19th, uh, 1856, about nine years earlier, he was just preaching in a rented facility where he was just getting ready to move into this tabernacle that was being built, uh, but it wasn't built yet. They were just starting and he was preaching his first sermon in a rented facility. Somebody cried, fire, fire, a prankster. And when they did, uh, I don't remember how many people got trampled to death. I think it was about seven people and others were badly injured. The first service in a rented facility, but now uh, they were, uh, you know, they, 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 he, was, he was just starting as a young man. It looked like something that no one could get over, but two weeks later, he was back in the pulpit. He was able to continue. Why? Because he believed that he was sent by God. He ended up preaching for over 30 years to over 5,000 or more people a week. uh, Sermons and, and ministry that still speaks today. And so nine years later, he delivered this sermon on Satan Hindered Us. And he says this. I love I'm just excerpt out of it. You would perhaps wonder why the devil should care so much about Paul and his whereabouts. Uh, in his team. Why did Satan care if Paul and his team went to the young church in Thessalonica? What was it he was wanting to keep them from doing? It seems the devil cares more about these ministers uniting together more than the activities of Nero. They were his dreaded foes. Through the preaching and presence of God's servants, all of hell and its defeat would be known. Glory to God. 
He said, why does it bug the devil so much that you get out of your house in the morning and come and meet? Why is he messing with you anyway? What is it he cares? It seems like he cares more about what happens in the church house than he does what happens in the White House. It seems like he cares. Why? Why does he care so much about it? Because he knows that you are his most dreaded enemy. You are the one that shows his defeat. You are the one that is here, that are here right on time, right on target according to the plan of God. And he knows the plan of God is greater than any issue he might come up with. So let me go on here real quick. I'm almost through. He says, he says, uh, they would declare Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which divides saints from one another, he delights in. He attaches far more importance to godly communion than we do. Oh, praise the Lord. I want to get to this other part here. He says, it, it, he said, it is because Satan is afraid of you that he resists you. Because he wishes to rob you of the great blessing which is now descending on your head. Resist him and stand fast. Satan hinders you because the night is almost over and the day star has begun to shine. Oh, Christian pleading in prayer, prayer, do not let go. Now that Satan hinders you, it's because the blessing is coming. You have a promise to make you gird up the loins of your and play the man. You know, there was old conspiracy. Your promise, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I have only one piece of advice left to give you. Aren't you glad? And that is go on, hindrance or no hindrance, in the path of duty as God the Holy Spirit enables you. If Satan hinders you, I have already hinted, this opposition should cheer you. I always count on it, said one Christian minister, to be my duty to show the devil that I am his enemy. Oh, I like it. And if I do that, I expect that he will show me that he is mine. Did you hear me or her? They said, I expect, you, I expect that he'll show me that he is mine. If you are now opposed and you can trace that opposition to Satan, do not sit down and fret. Why, it is a great thing that a creature like you can actually vex the great prince of darkness and win his hate. It makes the race of man more noble that it comes in conflict, conflict with a race of spirit, stands foot to foot with the princess of dark, prince of darkness himself. Actually, he's under my feet. But anyway, it is a dreadful thing, doubtless, that you should be hindered by such an adversary. But it is most hopeful, for if you were his friend, you might have cause to fear indeed. Stand up against him because you now have the opportunity of making a greater gain than you could have had if you had been quiet. Woo! God has a plan. No problems, only plan. That is why there's no panic in heaven. What is God's plan in this day, in this hour? Jesus said, as the Father sent me, even so, I'm sending you. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to tell you something. I know the devil 
Listen, this is our 44th year of ministry. And listen, there have been a few days when I thought, I've just got to pull my tent around me and endure the storm. You? But when you, when you get through the storm, brother, there ain't nobody that can take from you what it's like to understand. No, I'm not just here to hang on. I'm here as a witness of the one who went all the way. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.